Hello and welcome to another episode of Kessel Run Collecting. I'm your host, Eric, and with me as always, my good friend, Matt. Hey, everybody. Hey, so on this show, we're going to be covering, uh, in our series of top tens, uh, we're going to be covering our next figure line in order, which is Power of the Jedi. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about some other newsworthy things. Um, first of all, uh, let's talk about our recent pickups. Uh, I will go first because my uh, my list is pretty slim. <laughs> I didn't pick up any... I don't think I pick up, picked up any Star Wars stuff since last we recorded. Um, I did get in my Joy Toy Tech Crew figures, which oh, yeah. uh, I, I think they were on the way when uh when we talked last and yeah they're really cool i mean a bunch of people in jumpsuits uh not really much to say they come with uh a bunch of little tools like little screwdrivers and pliers and things like that and uh yeah they're they're pretty cool so i put them out in my uh in my hangar bay setup but beyond that i really haven't gotten anything new but uh, before we started recording, I could hear the sound of packaging opening, so I know that you got some new stuff. Absolutely. So. All right. So what's come recently? Okay. So I just picked up uh, a weak way, a Darth Vader removable helmet, the new indoor Han Solo, Captain Hauser, and the Chieftain Warrior Queen from Boba Fett. Uh, opened most of them. I got one more. I got the Chieftain Queen to open and Captain Hauser, which I didn't bother because it's just a clone. Now, the uh, Tuscan, is, is that the one that comes with the, the the dog, the Mastiff? She does, but the single card version's in the case assortment. That's what I got. Oh, okay. The, uh, the, one, the other one hasn't shipped yet, which I got my singles. I found her on the pegs at a Walmart, and I also have like one or two of them being shipped eventually from Pulse, which it'll show up eventually. And uh, what else did I pick up? Oh, my uh, my Commander Colts from uh, Walmart Exclusive were shipped out on third Wednesday, and they showed up Friday and got delivered. And I looked at my uh, post office box, nothing got delivered. Called them, no, we got no packages. So apparently Walmart handled the laser ship, and they just, in the ether, sent my Colts away. So who knows where those went? They're, um... I totally forgot about that figure. Yeah. I mean, it's how many clones have we had? That's why he's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, he's um, he's actually one of the few that I may have gotten. I I don't yeah, know for some reason I like his colors. Yeah, he has like like all that slate gray outfit. That's why everyone likes him. Yeah. If I remember correctly, or it's Blitz. It's Colt, Blitz, and Havoc. I got Havoc, and Blitz hasn't shipped yet. But Colt was supposed to be shipped on Wednesday. Supposed supposedly delivered to so somebody. Somebody has my Colts, but not me. So. Now, was that Walmart exclusive? Then, indeed, or? it was. Indeed, it was. A Walmart curse strikes again. So I'll have to call and bitch about that to them. or maybe. Well, if you can depend on one thing, it's undependability. <laughs> yeah, you are You are not lying. Um, Standing out of the bunch, though, is the removable helmet Darth Vader. Well, runner-up is the Han, indoor Han Solo. That face sculpt is much better in person and... They got this proportion right. I know some people are complaining, oh, they don't like the chest cut. I don't mind chest cuts as long as they give the guy articulation. He's wearing a jacket over it. It looks like a shadow, whatever. Um, I know some people were complaining the removable helmet Darth Vader's. The helmet was not sticking on. 
the the inner and the outer helmets weren't. I think you need to like because mine came and I noticed like in the plastic they were slightly pinched in a little bit, like pinched together, and just the natural forming on the head spreads it out a little bit. Mine looks great. I love it. Like you can bear, like if you didn't know the crack was there where the helmet the mask comes apart, you wouldn't see it. And it fits like the, the inside of the top helmet has a little like circular groove for the top of the head to go on. He's awesome. And I've used them both with the uh, cut off hand. And there's like a little like they got this the engineer where you can like actually cut it off with the wrist and then put the just the, the just the stump on if you want. Like he's all hurt. I love that figure. It's one of my that might whew. spoilers. It might be one of the top ten of the year. We had the end of the mm. year in a couple months. Well, for those that have problems with the helmet sitting on, there's a really easy solution. You get the Dark Times Vader, and that's your Vader with helmet on, and then you just don't ever worry about putting the helmet on. <laughs> yeah, dude. The I know, I know this, some people complain there's a couple of slight differences, like the grooves on his leather like outfit go like slightly off a different direction. Like Unless you're like, in really nitpick Vader costumes, you're not going to know. Yeah, um, I, de- I definitely hope to see him and the Han, because... Those are two I don't have pre-ordered. So. Pre-orders never went up for these guys. For a hot pulse, you had to do it through Entertainment Earth or one of the I don't the, think I saw them at Big Bad Toy Store either. They didn't go up for a long time. They only went up like a month or two ago. They got pipelined way back. I think I ordered mine from Entertainment Earth. And so that that assortment's gonna get just got shipped. I don't even have it yet. So it's it's gonna hit my account hit my mailbox probably this upcoming week sometime. Hopefully, he doesn't get lost like Colts. Who knows? No, I I hope I I hope I see him because it, it's nice finding stuff in stores <laughs> instead of all this uh, this wonky pre-order stuff. It's like, well, this pre-orders now and then, but not everyone puts it up at the same time, and then uh, it's very tiresome. I agree. We all wish we had we all had like. Well, we used to remember going in and see the pegs full figures back even as late as like the early 2000 the late 2000s but a lot of change in star wars since then so they're acting accordingly unfortunately well one big thing i can tell you changed and that was ownership <laughs> mm. and i i'm pretty sure that has something to do with it i've always heard grumbling so who knows who knows so is uh is that it then that you got uh well also pre-ordered the um the black series scout helmet it went up uh, the other day and i put it on pre-order um ah, ah. didn't know, know you that. collected the helmets i i i pick and choose i'm ot and mostly troopers though i did pick up the boba fett one uh it's very nice and uh i didn't pick up any of the rebel pilots even though i was real tempted on wedge because i love wedge but i got I originally picked up just the Black Series regular Stormtrooper helmet for Rogue One just because I wanted good photo, good live action reference to draw from and take pictures of. So when I draw Stormtrooper helmets, I have the proportions down correctly, you know? And then that kind of parlayed in and said, well, you know, I, I do draw a Boba Fett a lot, so let me draw by the Boba Fett helmet. And now I'm like, well, if they make my favorite TIE fighter or AT-AT driver, we'll have to get those. And, uh, scout. and so I'll, I'm just basically going to do the troopers, the OT troopers. Because I passed on the Vader. Because the Vader was like, it was black series. And it, the, the undermask looks great. The overtop helmet looks kind of short. And I was like, mm, I'll pass. I, well, I have 
I only ever had no I had four I got Poe Dameron's because at one point I intended to do a resistance pilot outfit so I'm like hey off the shelf nice uh and it it was very nice but it was one of those things where I'm like once I decided well I'm not going to go through with the the hell or uh, the costume I thought okay well I don't really need to have the helmet so I sold that off I picked up the X-Wing pilot one because I do have an X-Wing pilot outfit, which I do have a helmet for it, but the mohawk on the helmet is a little bit big, and uh, my wife at one point might be doing one, so I thought, I'll buy the Luke X-Wing helmet, and at some point I'll repaint it the way I want to, and then I'll just pass on my helmet to hers. And hey, she has long hair, so that extra space with the mohawk would probably uh, fit her pretty well. The Boba Fett one, I, if you remember, I did buy that. It, like, it was really nice, but then I just kind of like, eh. And I ended up getting rid of it. And I think, I think part of the reason, like, to me, I would almost rather have a 501st helmet. Even though it might not have as manufactured a look, even though it might not have all that interior detail and everything, I, you know, as a prop maker and everything, I appreciate the fan stuff more because it's a lot harder for someone to figure out all that stuff than for a billion dollar company to just manufacture it. So to me, the fan made stuff always is going to have a a slightly better appeal to me even with all the warts and everything that you might have obviously scout helmet i don't need and uh the vader one i do have and it is really really cool um really you you like the vader one oh yeah yeah i i like i like it um the fact that they have magnets and they attach all the different sections really really neat I mean, I understand there's some people that are really, really into, like you said, kind of nitpick the Vader costume. I think, okay, maybe the flare on the back of the helmet could be a little bit bigger, maybe. But to me, it it looks like a Vader helmet. If you had the whole costume and everything and someone had that helmet, I don't think many people would look at it and say, that's wrong, you know. So I'm very happy with that. And I've... uh, I thought I'd love to make a stand for it where it has all the pieces like slightly exploded. I think that would be a real cool display. Slightly exploded like from Porsche Unleashed or like from Obi-Wan Kenobi? No, 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 no. What I mean is like with the the three sections kind of spread apart, like an exploded view of like something like you see a picture of a technical drawing or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and and have the stand, but it's in three pieces. It would be really cool if you could like turn a lever on the stand, and it would actually separate all three parts. I think you could do that, but I think the magnets would be a little bit of a problem because I I think it would be a little bit more difficult to get it to separate properly without the magnets wanting to pull stuff together. But yeah, I'm I'm really happy with that helmet. So right now. Yeah, I just have the two. I have the X-Wing and the uh, the Vader. Nice. Nice. Uh, you know, I have two right now. I'll give my third. When they come out with, you know, a sand... I can't believe they never did a sand trooper yet, but you know that's coming. And then probably a TIE fighter pilot, AT-AT driver, and rail guard. I'll get all those. Now, I'm wondering if 
they wouldn't try to reuse the mold for the tie pilot and the and the ATS or um and the ADAT driver, even though they're slightly different. I mean technically they're slightly different because they redid the Greebly. Like they originally took two TIE Fighter pilot helmets and just sprayed them light gray for the props. And I then, thought something was a little bit different. Like they were they were bigger or something. Because no, I know like the Sand Trooper helmets and Stormtrooper helmets, they're technically different. They're like different well, sculpts. The Sand Trooper helmets are stun helmets, whereas some of the Stormtrooper helmets are, are hero helmets that are all extra good and detailed out correctly. Because those are the ones that like, you know, Luke and Han use in, some of the, in the close-up shots. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the Sand Trooper ones are just the uh, regular stun helmets. You can usually tell by the sensor bar going across the top of the above the eyes. If it connects down to the top of the eyes nice and clean, then usually it's a hero helmet. If it's the like eyes push- seem smaller, I think, on the on the Sand Troopers, too. Uh, well, possibly. Well, because see, the lenses are different, too, in the stun helmets. Because the hero helmets had darker green or black lenses that were curved and came popped out more while the sand troopers had regular like a regular green lens, but were not curved. They were flat. That might be that. what kind of throws it off. Yep, yep. And uh, like I said, the sensor bar on a lot of the stun helmets from the sand troopers is like bent upwards a little bit, so you can kind of tell. I've always wondered because I was big on details of, of that bar. Why is that bar bent up on some but connects to the eyes on others? I need to know this. What and, uh, what you need to pick up, you might find interesting. I, I think it's a great book, especially if you're into all the costumes and everything. Um, they released a book about the original costumes a, a few years back. Uh, I can't remember what the author was. It, I think the name was just something like Star Wars costumes, something hmm. really generic. But it really goes into, like, it has archive-type photos where you can see, like, close up, this is the difference between all the Stormtrooper helmets. Hmm. And this is the difference between all the Vader helmets and, and the different variations for Boba Fett and everything. Um, yeah, it's a really excellent book. I'll check it out. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, I, the, I co- the cover has a picture of Princess Leia on. I'll check it out then. Yeah, I didn't know. I think I've seen it, or at least seen it online, but I haven't actually got it. I we should always do a show on... on uh, uh, reference books and stuff. <laughs> there's some good ones out there. We could do an action figure show on reference material that was washed out and incorrect, but has made the incorrect figure. ATAT driver, Snaggletooth, Boss Nass, shit like that. <laughs> well, what are we talking about? We're, we're talking about costumes for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because you were talking about uh, the biker scout helmet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah, well, well, hey, speaking of uh, Biker Scout Helmet, <laughs> yeah, I have, uh, I've been working on one of my dream projects that I started f- at least five years ago, maybe as many as seven, and um, I, I have this problem where if I stop working on a project for more than a little bit of time, it tends to just kind of be forgotten about. And then I'm like, oh, hey, look at this other shiny thing I'm going to try to do. Um, but I'd started work on a full-size speeder bike. It was kind of my dream projects. And uh, I had made like a skeleton of the body. And I, I hadn't gone beyond that. And that just sat and 
you know, a few years ago when my wife and I moved, that moved with us. And I just kept looking at like, ah, someday I got to, you know, get on that. And it was about, I think it was the weekend of the 4th of July, like over that weekend, I said, I need to get off my butt and I need to work on this project and get it done. And since then, I have been pedal to the metal on it. Every single day I've been working on it, all it, like my weekends, I, I could easily spend 12 hours a day nonstop just working on that project. And uh, I think it's kind of caught up to me by today. <laughs> I, uh, I was so exhausted all day today and I had to take a um, four hour round trip drive and on my way home, man, I was... It's pretty much all highway. And as you know, when it's highway and it's just boring and you're, you're not making many turns or anything, it that's when it gets really hard to pay attention and stay awake. And I was kind of slapping myself a few times like, okay, just hold it together till I get home. And I got home and I, I crashed for like about an hour or two. Just I'm like, oh, I couldn't keep going. But, uh, yeah, it's it's coming along pretty good. I'm I'm actually the the struts are behind me, <laughs> partially assembled. I'm surprised you didn't put on a great podcast like Kessel Run Collecting to listen to on your long drive on the highway, Eric. Is it some of the best listening on podcasting today? <laughs> well, yeah. I I was all caught up. See, we need oh, to make this yeah, second yeah. episode. I, I was listening to podcasts. I was listening to Rebel Force Radio. <laughs> oh, yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's that's my big project right now. I've been putting all my energy in that. Still have a long ways to go, even though I'm making tons of progress. But uh, yeah, I can't wait to get that done. That's that's a dream project of mine. So yeah, I want to get into some some other action figure news because something that was not on my radar and just kind of popped up and i was like oh that was interesting is uh mattel is doing one of their crowd funds for the jurassic park gates and it's kind of funny that they they just came out with this because i was just thinking about this the other day i'm i was like you know what I don't think they ever made those gates from Jurassic Park. I wonder if that's something that maybe I could build. And then not long after that, they come out with this crowdfund. Yeah, their target is 5,000 people. And right now they are only 27% funded with nine days to go. Now, as we know, a lot of people wait till the last minute on stuff. But I don't know. that That's not great. And I think if everything was unlocked on this, which everything does not unlock until 10,000 backers, I think if you had everything unlocked, the price would actually be pretty good. True. Because like a lot of people, because the tiers, sometimes the values of it, people consider the value in the main thing. The tiers should be extra. And when you try to put the value in the tiers, they're like, why, why? I'm not going to buy it. Why if it doesn't make it? so yeah yeah because the so it comes with the gates and they're pretty big uh 20.7 inches high by 22.8 wide i mean that that's pretty big um 
they have a little section of fence on either side and they're motorized door gates and uh light up torches on either side the gates also play the original theme music and ambient jungle sounds and it comes with a ford explorer uh which i believe is what they've made for like a number of years it's not like a new sculpt but uh it is a decent car and then it comes with some different signs that you put around like you know this way to the velociraptor kind of signs lights and motors are something we don't see very often in modern toy lines so that's pretty cool and you figure the Jurassic Park Explorer, that is probably, what would you figure, like 35 bucks, probably. Somewhere around there. I mean, they, they reissued that. I mean, it's got, I think it's got a new paint deco, but that's yeah. like the third time they reissued, like, if I remember correctly. So, if, if you go with just the gates and that, it's like, eh, okay, it's pushing a little bit salty, but if you had everything, it comes with uh, a T-Rex, and it's not like the semi-posable T-Rex. It's the Super articulated Hammond collection one, uh, just with a different paint deco. I actually prefer the the regular release o- over this one, but isn't that, the regular release like huge though? Way huge. Uh, well, bigger than some of the ones they've made. I mean, they're kind of all over with their scale, but the the Hammond collection one is kind of like their their higher end super articulated line, and. Um, that one is just more all brown. This mm. one that unlocks is like uh, tan on bottom, green on top. I actually think it looks less accurate, at least in my opinion. But that T-Rex sculpt sells for like $50 just by itself. And then also as an unlock, it's weird. They say it unlocks the Tim figure, but they but they actually show both the kids. So you figure... Those figures are about six to eight dollars a piece, and then one of the unlocks is uh, a goat and a goat leg. <laughs> That's or uh, oh, the figure of Lex and goat with removable hind leg is uh, the ten thousand dollar one. So if uh, if everything unlocks, you have a fifty dollar T Rex, about a thirty five dollar car uh, figure, you know. roughly for all the figures. I think overall it's not too bad. And there was a part of me tempted to get it, but I would not get it for the base price. I would only pay that much if it was everything. And even then, I don't know. Like if they offered all that for the base and there were better unlocks after that, like maybe you get like uh, the Mudfield G or the you get Nedry being torn to shreds by the Dilophosaurus or something and with the Jeep and maybe um Samuel Jackson's ripped off hand, maybe a little like some like the little base thing that goes with it or something. Maybe something like that, maybe. Obviously that's not a, a Star Wars thing, but we you know, both you and I dip into other other lines uh in three and three quarter. Uh but it you know, it kind of makes me think we have this Haslab coming out, and there's a lot of people balking at the price saying it it, it doesn't really matter how nice it is they're not buying a 600 ghost yeah. um and there's a lot of reasons there's a lot of people saying look i just don't have room for it which i am one of those people 
like I will get it anyway if I am able to, if it if it's really cool, um, if you know I have the money and everything. I'm not worried about space. I'll I'll probably buy it anyway. But the economy is not great, and is now really a good time for them to be dropping six hundred dollars uh, Haslab in the middle. Of the, yeah, I agree. 100%. Yeah. I understand the timing with the Ahsoka series coming out. That's obviously important to them is to get these projects out when the buzz is out, just like the Razor Crest. So Man- Mandalorian was was all the rage, and get the Razor Crest out then makes sense. But you look at you look at everything else they have, and, it, and it's been you know you have the GI Joe stuff has been successful that you know has smaller price tags and. I don't know. I, I just kind of feel weird about the whole crowdfunding thing. Like, are we at the point maybe where too many people are doing it? Uh, I'll, I'll share my opinion on it. Like you, I'm not thrilled with the price. In this, had this been 2018 or 19 and the money was still flowing from a great economy, sure. And it's something huge like the Ghost that was like even bigger than the BMF, that's going to be you got a much more better chance to get that done then. Like you, if I get the money and it hits, I'll probably get it. But I've seen a lot of people say, well, you know, it's too much. I would have, but some guys are trying to get it because they don't like, it's not anything that's really relevant to them. They're OT guys or they're, they like the Mandalorian. They haven't seen this yet. I know it's going to end like the second, or like the first or second week of the Ahsoka show. But we had the Mandalorian for over a year before the, the Razor Crest came out to really build up that hype. I don't know. It's dubious is what it is. Very dubious. Well, I'm I'm thinking that I mean just meaning crowdfunds in general to a certain degree. Like like obviously I just ran my third, you know, not too long ago for for different diorama stuff. So I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But I, I almost wonder if it's one of those things where so many places are doing it now that it, it's become tiresome, where people are like, I, I just want to be able to buy something and just put it out there. I just want to buy it or not buy it. I don't want to have to wait for you to reveal different tiers and everything. And then to add to that, all the stuff where people have money tied up in pre-orders that they're like, well, this is like another thing I need to keep track of. I, I wonder if it's almost like there's too many going on. And especially when you have one company like Hasbro that sometimes will run these crowd funds where they're cannibalizing from the same demographic because they just have too many going on at once. Where someone says, oh, I'd really like, you know, that proton pack or whatever. Well, but I have this other thing that they just ran and my money's tied up in that. You know, are they expecting too much from the consumer? As far as uh, what disposable income we have. Uh, I 100% agree. They are cannibalizing from their own demographic. Especially with Hasbro's new, their new initiative that like where they think they, the most of their gearing towards is uh, adult collectors. Like they're only going to have so much. So it's. Yeah. And it becomes one of these situations too, where not knowing all the details, like, okay, basically we all, kind of assume it's the ghost and and that that's very strong uh assumption but you then get people too that aren't spending their money because they're waiting for that 
you know, I, I, I see that a lot where people are like, well, you know, I can't, I can't spend too much money because I got to wait to find out what this has lab's going to be. Cause I might need the money for that. Whereas if they had just revealed it and said, this is what it's going to be. This is everything that comes with it. I think you could have had people making the determination whether they wanted it or not a month ago, but you have all these people that are like, well, I don't really know. I'm not going to spend a lot because I might buy this HasLab. And part of what they might not be spending their money on are other Hasbro products. <laughs> Someone might say, well, I'd re I really would have bought that, uh, you know, that G.I. Joe Dragonfly. But I'm not going to do that because I'm holding out money, you know, holding all my money for that ghost coming well, up. For that uh, job of that throne room, which is going to be hitting anytime soon now. Oh, yeah. Well, and we have also coming in September, supposedly is uh the naboo starfighter yes yes what we do oh. uh, yeah that, that's over a hundred dollars right there and i tell you right now if i walked into walmart and they had the naboo starfighter being there i would be leaving without it because i do not have the i am ridiculously tight on money right now yeah me too I, I don't have the money to buy 120 dollar or 130 dollar naboo starfighter i'm concerned about the window for this ghost like oh what i'm gonna have a i'm gonna have a month and if i don't have happen to have six hundred dollars saved up within a month i'm potentially going to miss out on getting that vehicle forever uh, actually it's 45 to 47 days sir oh oh it is that's a weird that's a weird yeah, like uneven sort of number it was like 43 so it was like 45 46 but you're absolutely right like it's hitting around all this other stuff the Starfighters, over 100... I mean, that came out in 2012, 11 years ago, for like 29 or 39.99, all new mold. Come for, what, for what, comes out for Mandalorian. It's literally, you see, 30, 60, 90, literally four times the price in 10 years. It's, inflation doesn't go up that much. I, I'm at the point where I, I'm still going to have to put money into some other stuff coming out like that. Java Throne Room. Uh... And it's like right now, man. I'm I'm hurting. I I don't have it. So, might not matter how how cool their Haslab is, and I'd hate to see it fail. Uh, especially for those reasons, I would hate to see it fail. And they say this is now never going to happen because we expected enough customers to come up with six hundred dollars in a limited period of time to back it, and all the customers say. It's either too much or you have customers that might be in a situation like me that just say, yeah, you know what? We wanted to support it. It just happens to be the fact that we don't have the money. Yeah. So you, you just send it away and say it's never going to happen. And in some ways, put the blame on the fans. Like, oh, well, you didn't support it. Well, I think, A, not having to pay my bills is a good reason not to support it. And the people that just feel it's too much money, that's also a good reason not to support it. That doesn't mean we don't want it. <laughs> it means maybe Hasbro needs to curb their expectations a bit. Curb their enthusiasm? Yes. Yes, they do. That's my pondering about it lately. Mm. If you had to choose between the Jellhead throne room, or excuse me, Boba Fett's throne room, or the Ghost, which one are you going? Well, I mean, the one we... we we know we're getting. Uh, so are, are you saying hypothetically if neither existed and yeah. I had to get one? Let's say if they were like dueling, dueling 
uh, has labs at the same time for some reason. That that's hard. It's really apples and oranges, I think. Like if you said, okay, you have say the Ghost or the Bad Batch ship. I think that might be more comparable. Or the Ghost and say a new properly scaled Imperial shuttle. I think that's an easier comparison to do than than a throne room versus a. Like, I, I think you could say Jabba's Throne Room and Emperor's Throne Room. Like, I think that's a good comparison. Mm. And also, you got to talk, you know, roughly within the same ballpark as far as pricing goes. Hmm. Yeah, true, true. All right, so, I mean, what, so the, what is it? Jabba's Throne Room is 225 or 230 or something like that? Yeah, I think it was like 250, 220. There might be 220, somewhere around there. Hi. So we're, we're talking like almost a third of the price of the of the ghost. Yeah. So let's do like these. I don't even know what would come down to two hundred some dollars. Uh, the do the Ewok Village. There we go. Like, well, no, because see, I wanted the ghost to be in there. Because here's the thing: you're trying to make a comparison between them choosing the ghost over anything else. Over oh, stuff that's more known. People know about the ghost. It's been a few quick behind quick. You know, second or two in Rise of Skywalker and Rogue One. Same with Chopper. He's in Rogue One for just a second, but people don't really know. I mean, the major people that would crowdfund, I, I don't want to say that because I know crowdfunding is usually by big, huge Star Wars nerds too that know what that is. But like, I have a lot of people that when I read them on Rebels Come, like they didn't watch all the Rebels. They weren't really interested in animation. And so they just overlooked it. And so they're not really interested in getting the ghost. But if they put a sand crawler up there for six hundred dollars all day long, I, I think we also have to say if if you compare the two, everyone's going to have a different idea of what something should have. So, mm. say for example, you did the sand crawler or Ewok Village. To say I would take that over the Ghost or take one over the other. Well, you also have to say, okay, well, what features do they have? Okay, I I can say all the things that I think a sand crawler should, like an ultimate sand crawler should have. Or an ultimate Ewok village should have. But it doesn't mean that's what we're getting. I think, for example, a lot more people would pay $600 for a Death Star playset than they would over a ghost. However, what does that playset entail? Does it include literally every room that we saw on both Death Stars? Uh, does it have play features? Does it have lights? Does it have sound? All that stuff factors in for every person and what they want to get out of it. So, it, yeah, it, it's really hard to tell. And I mean, yeah, with the ghost, even with the ghost, we speculate. We assume it's probably going to have one of the phantoms, maybe a second one, uh, you know, as a stretch goal or something. We can speculate what kind of figures are in it. But as far as the vehicle itself, what all does it have inside? It may or may not have some of the stuff we saw on the show. I mean, and beyond that, we don't know. It I know it has the four bedrooms. It has the galley, the cargo bay. There's one other section. And of course, there's doors on the sides to hook up to the ships with it. I can't remember if it's the galley and the well, the galley and like the wreck area are kind of like made in the same area. I don't know. I, mean, I do think the speculation on all this stuff is fun. You know, we, we can speculate all day long and say if uh, we could do an ultimate Haslab sand crawler. What, what would it be? Those are obviously fun conversations to have, but until they do it, we don't <laughs> we don't know. We really don't know. Mm. <clears throat> and I think the ghost, you know, the ghost is kind of a good pick because they never made it. A lot of people 
uh, were fans of it and won it. And it's now those big vehicles are at the price point where we're probably never. Yeah. Heck, I, I don't even know if we would ever see an ad ad again. No, they don't have the guts to do that. It costs too much. Like the BMF, when it got reissued for Galaxy's Edge, was to help promote Galaxy's Edge. So it was only available there or on part of the website later on for the overflow. Well, not only that, it's the Millennium Falcon. The Hasbro was not going to bring it out again, but Disney pushed them to bring it out because they wanted to have it as a reason to go to the parks and shit like that. Like that's kind of how the rumors been going on that one. But I don't think we'll ever see a big ad ad again. Um, I don't think we'll ever see. Well, we've seen the big ATSTs for Rogue One, but those aren't really that big. You know, they're just you know they can seat two figures instead of one on those crappy little like flat seats instead of just putting some regular jump sheets in. I, we might see a big vehicle again, but I don't think we'll ever see like the size we're talking about. Like, I don't think we'll ever see a dropship again from the Clone Wars or uh, the big ATTE. I don't think we'll ever see that again either. That's a it's a shame, but. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, so I I kind of understand why they why they picked that over something else. Yeah, I mean, like in Ewok Village, I'm sure there's a lot of people that would like it, but I mean, there's also a lot of people that don't like the Ewoks. I'm, I'm not, not even... one of those people, but <laughs> you know, I if it was really cool, I wouldn't mind an Ewok Village. That's However, me. is I... that the best use of a Haslab for them? I don't know if an Ewok mm-hmm. Village is the best idea. True. The Haslab was always marked as dream items that couldn't be made. And so now it's just like mid-sized vehicle, mid to large size vehicles that we don't want to test in retail. Uh, I, I'm not an Ewoks guy, but if they run out a new Ewok Village, I'd buy it. You know, it was sweet. It had all the stuff in it because I'd even buy Ewoks with it and decorate it because... I do love the forest of Endor. So I do, I do like the, I guess I kind of like the Ewoks. They were my very first entrance to Star Wars. The so. thing for me is if they did an Ewok village, I mean, we had the original Kenner one was decent. It was. I'm like, what more do they really need to add with an Ewok village? The only thing I could think is have a hut big enough to have an interior. So you have that scene of them all hanging around with, Free PO telling the story. story. Yes. That is about all you would need, and maybe a rope bridge where yeah, well, that's Han Luke and Leia can have their conversations. But but other than that, I think the only way a village would do really really good is if it was either a it was absolutely enormous, or it had a ton of additional stuff like comes with the catapult, comes with the. Uh, the glider comes with the the logs that take out. Maybe it even comes with an ATST. Well, let me ask you something. Because see, I would want them to break up. If you took the original one and broke up the big platform, so each individual tree had their own decent sized platform. I'd prefer that and put rope bridges between it. Because that's the yeah. one thing about the original I didn't like was that under it it's too dark and you can't really see anything because there's a big huge platform above you. But like. You break that up, and you could do modular trees, by the way, and just this didn't have, wouldn't have to be a Haslab. Just sell me a pair of Ewok trees that are modular, one with a hut and a big platform, one with a road bridge and a big platform. Go for it. I'm buying 20 of them. But you're right. It doesn't need a whole lot. That's what you know. What it could come with also. Maybe a all-new Ewok Princess Leia. Oh, yeah. It's, that's a, that, we need to do an entire show on Haslabs. Thoughts and predictions. What we should do? Yeah, we we could do our ultimate has labs where where we just throw something out there and we say this is what it should have. 
that would actually make it Haslab worthy projects. That's what we need to do. Sounds good. In other Star Wars media news and Star Wars adjacent media news, have you seen uh, Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny? I have not. I have been traveling. I'm currently almost a thousand, well, hundreds and hundreds of miles from my own home area. And uh, I might, when, I, when I get back in a, a week and a half, I'm uh, doing some traveling for my work. But I, you know, I've heard it's okay. I heard some of the battle scenes go on too long. And I'm a big spoiler guy, so I know what happens already. Yeah, I, um, you know, my wife and I saw it. We liked it. Uh, it's one of those things you, you got to realize you're you're dealing with. He's supposed to be like seventy year old, you know, Indiana Jones in it. So I didn't really listen to like any of the reviews or, or the people saying, "Oh, this is going to suck" and everything. I I had some somewhat hope for it, uh, just based on the fact that James Mangold uh, directed it. And he's he's a competent director. A lot of people know him from the the Wolverine movie Logan, which a, a lot of people said was like one of the best Wolverine movies. And funny enough, that that's kind of dealing with a character in a similar situation as Indiana Jones, where Wolverine no longer had his healing ability and, and he was older now. So he kind of already dealt with those kind of issues in uh, Logan and not too long ago i watched uh, ford versus ferrari which was really really good especially if you're into cars at all uh ford versus ferrari was a really great movie and i just rewatched the other night um the remake of 310 to yuma which was a western and i didn't realize james mangold directed that too and i'm like oh this is a good movie and he directed this too so having seen a number of his films now and i think didn't he direct um the Johnny Cash movie? I, I don't know. He, I think he I think he may have. And that a lot of people thought was really good. So everything that I've seen from him is very well done. And that actually gives me a lot of hope for his Star Wars film because he, he's obviously a very competent director. I'm in the minority. I did not like the Logan movie. I have heard about 310, you know, it'd be a decent remake. I haven't seen it. And then, um, I don't know. I don't want to kind of corner him into being, you're going to do remakes and the set old bastard that long past their prime trying to talk <laughs> about movies, you know? There's an entire genre you could do that for, but... Uh, well, I, I will say to go back on what you said about being one of the people that didn't like Logan, I thought it was a good movie. However, I only watched it the one time and I didn't ever feel a need to rewatch it and it wasn't because i i thought the movie was bad but to me it was depressing as hell yeah <laughs> look guys we we enjoy comics for the escapism we want to see that translated i know he wants to be whatever i'll check it out i it has some story tones to some tones to it that i don't like but they aren't exactly a huge hang up on me so i'll check it out and it takes place back in that time frame where it shows a lot of indie you know, fighting the German after World War II, and then uh, it flashes to his current time in the late sixties or early seventies. I, so, I do have to say the the deep fake or whatever is probably some of the best I've seen. Like Tarkin and Rogue One, uh, I thought was very well done, but still, like his mouth had that uncanny valley thing a little bit much. Um, this they made sure not to have him in like really bright 
lit areas where you can maybe see some of those flaws. I thought it was some of the best deep fake that I've seen. I know some people thought when he talks is when it seemed off because the voice, it didn't seem like they de-aged the voice as much. And and so you have a little bit more grovelly Harrison Ford uh, for the age he was supposed to be. The only thing about the deep fake that really stood out to me was for some reason it looked like his head was disproportionately big to his body for some reason. Like, that's what I noticed about the deep fake. But as far as looking like a young Harrison Ford, it was uh, it was very well done. Um, so in other media, new trailer drop for Ahsoka. Uh, this was the first time I got to see Thrawn. In it. Oh, yeah. And I, they only showed him for a second. Because mm. trailers, t- for some reason, trailers now, they do this annoying thing where they'll show you like half a second of frame and then another half a second of frame. And that it's like it's made for the ADD generation or whatever. And it's like, oh my gosh, just show me something longer than a second. It's always like, boom, picture, boom, picture, boom, picture. It's like, do they have the same guy making every single movie trailer? It's how they hide bad dialogue. <clears throat> well, who said that? What? Oh, my God. So out of my split second I saw of Thrawn, my opinion was, is that Nightcrawler from X-Men? He does. Like, he's a little too dark blue. He needs to be lighter. Yeah, blue. he's way dark blue. And I'm like, that is no. They need to, they need to make him lighter, but not just lighter. Do a light slate gray undertone, and then dim light blue because that he needs to have that chroma chroma. Uh, what did I say? The chroma in the blue toned down. It's too strong of a blue. It's not only too dark. It's, it's much more like a like a sky blue or baby. Blue yeah, he's much blue. more of a, a mid tone to sky blue, and he's not vibrant as a dark blue or, or sky blue. He's he needs to have like a slate gray or slate blue undertone to tone that down to be like skin like it, it, like when you see people do dark elf cosplay and it and like you can see and you can see all the like the def- definitions in their face that's why they get that because the undertone is done to like not make the contrast and the chromatic amount of the color come out at you so yeah i i mean to me i saw it and i'm just thinking uh, that that looks like a General Thrawn cosplay. I, I'm yeah, pre- pretty sure they wouldn't have gone with something like that. Well, uh, it's, a, it's an early it's an early shot, so I don't I don't mind his look changing though, because I've read the original. If you remember the original figure for him, has that big nose and that slick black vampire hair, and uh, then his um. His comic version changed three or four times when he's in the comics because he had different artists doing them. As I, my faith is in the actor uh, Lars Mikkelsen because I know he's a good actor. I've he actually has done Star Wars fan films as recently as a year and a year or two ago, and uh, did a great job as an old rogue Jedi just uh, hiding out in this little dusty town as bounty hunters are looking for Jedi to turn into the Empire. Wait, this is a Star Wars fan film? Yeah, I don't know how these kids... Well, first, well, this isn't like a regular fan film. This is a half-hour fan film with good special effects, good costumes, good masks for the 
different Dude, races. You gotta send me a. You gotta like email me a link to that. Uh, or something. I'll, I'll get to you after the show. If this is what he brings to the table, I think I'm good in good hands. As long as the writing, because his writing, his acting can carry bad writing because he knows what quirks and what quips to slightly change to make it smooth out the, the rough, clunky dialogue. So I would say, as long as the writing isn't god awful, I'm okay because. They messed Thrawn up. I might have to quit Star Wars altogether. All right, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I, that, that's my biggest concern is, is that he's not going to be right. <laughs> that's my biggest concern. Uh, other other than that, I liked what I saw. Uh, seeing bits of Lothal and stuff, it's like, oh yeah, that's right out of the right out of the Rebel series. But hey, let's uh, let's talk Star Wars figures. <laughs> All righty. Well, how long are we into the show already? And how an hour. Are we Only an hour. <laughs> hey, there's more to talk about than just the figures. So, I mean, we, we could we could beat it to death on listing all the 5,000 pre-orders and everything else. And, hey, if, uh, if you're listening to the show, we are happy to take your suggestions. You can, you can always uh, either contact me through Hole in the Ground Productions or... On the Kessel Run Collecting Facebook page, you can always, you know, hit us up and say, hey, I have an idea for a topic. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll cover it. So let's get into it. Our top 10 Power of the Jedi figures. Power of the Jedi, of course, came out uh, after Power of the Force and the Phantom Menace uh, line. And I don't know about you, Matt, but I kind of felt like when Power of the Jedi came out, that's when they really started to refine things and not just start making figures, but finding ways to make them better, both in sculpt and articulation and all that. Agreed. And in detail, uh, which you might see some of my, um, my picks on there for, for the amount of detail that are on. Now, now what was your opinion of the packaging? I did not like the cards <laughs> I mean, with like the were... leaping Obi Wan. I I just thought it was really kind yeah, of the image was terrible. Wasn't that great? But it did remind me of the old Power of the Force that came out a couple years earlier. And to me, it was like, all right, well, Power of the Force because he, I never in my brain, my eighteen year old brain, I never really conjoined Power of the Force going into Episode One. I just like Episode One is a one off, and then I just said Power of the Force became Power of the Jedi. But yeah, I was never a big fan of the, the leaping Obi Wan either. That was pretty terrible. Yeah, not not one of my favorite packaging choices. Um, but do you want do you want to go first? And yeah, uh, first. I got I got. Let me see. I had my top ten. There's three runner ups for me. I I couldn't get them all because I just if my runner ups real quick are going to be Snaggletooth with his thriller jacket on. <laughs> that's from, as you know, the holiday special. That's that version of Snaggletooth. The Thriller Jacket. And uh, we finally got that figure. And uh, let me see. Then um, Darth Maul in his like uh, concept art, like beige outfit with like the big huge neck that goes up. The yeah, yeah. You know, I yeah. never had that figure. And I... I liked collecting a lot of the uh, concept figures, but I never got that Darth Maul. 
Yeah, same with the uh, the concept Obi Wan and Qui Gon and their their Jedi training gear that's all black and stuff. Those, uh, that's where I, I figured they just make him be hidden to the full head of that of those three. And of course, because I'm making a fan f- fanfic of her and stuff that happened, Shmi Skywalker, because everyone forgets poor Shmi. Yeah, I forgot about that. She yeah, was a pretty good figure. She's not on my list, but yeah. So my number ten is not so much because of the figure, because the figure it was okay, but because it came with a couple of things I loved. Because Power of the Jedi knew to pack in good accessories, would be Chewbacca with his goggles and welder. I love it. I still use it to this day with my Imperial engineers. Yeah, I I agree. The accessories made that one. So my honorable mention is the Queen Amidala with the uh, Theed Invasion dress, the one that had the light-up globes along the bottom. Uh, really good sculpt. Yep. yep. Still still holds up pretty it well, does. I think. I think we, that's, is that the only time we ever got that in three and three quarter? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think it's correct. <clears throat> you I think it's one of my thing. favorite outfits as far as the, uh, the Queen outfits. Mm-hmm. Really like that one. But my number 10 is a figure we never got before, and that is the Mon Cal Officer. Ah, uh, yes. I, he almost made my list, but the only... And I, His helmet is removable, which yeah. they didn't even need to do, but glad no, they did. Oh, he, he was knocked off by uh, Chewbacca just because I would use the Chewbacca help. I could use the welding gear. For imp, imps and rebels, whereas the Moncal officer is pretty much just rebel. I wish they would make a, a, a newer version, but you know, we don't get side characters anymore that much. So, yeah, not really. So, uh, your number nine. My number nine is kind of controversial. It's not really a. It is a figure in the most bare sense of the word, and bare is going to be the pun on this one. This is. Mostly chosen because of what he came with. His also you'll, you'll notice a lot of accessories are a theme with mine, or extremely detailed figures. And this figure is not detailed. Like I said, he's very bare bones. Yuck, yuck. He is swimming around nearly naked in the back to tank. Luke Skywalker with back to tank. Mm. I love that thing. I still, I, you can fill it up. It has a little tube, but you can make air bubbles in there with, with Luke's mask. Um, has a little like little like control panel, and uh, has a little like clear like I don't know straps for to hook Luke up into, or I would use it for any figure that needed to be healed up with water, calling it back to. So looking back to tank, great for world building. Yeah, that wasn't even in my radar because things like that I almost don't consider them figures. Because yeah, I, it, you can't it. really do anything with the figure, but have him, have him <laughs> we got Luke Skywalker in a diaper though, and I was like, okay, that, that'll go. <laughs> I I did somewhere see where someone had they had modified one, and I think they filled it with um like some sort of resin, mm. so they actually had uh you know the coloring right and. I think it might have even trapped some air bubbles in it, which looked pretty cool. Hmm. And they they also had gotten a second one 
because they said that there was actually supposed to be two hoses on either side at the top and the toy only has one so they did like those modifications to it i've seen some i've seen a guy paint it black and add some greeblies to it and put uh darth vader in it oh yeah yeah, yeah. i didn't think about that that uh that makes sense that would yeah. work i mean we've seen him do that in two in Rogue one and in the kenobi series we saw yeah yeah um uh number nine i will go with uh besman escape leia now this figure suffers in one way and that is it is kind of pre-posed where she's running holding the stormtrooper gun Mm two-handed however the sculpt is excellent it still holds up and i have the uh the recently released vintage collection one Mm -hmm. and you try to pose her running like that and it does not look as good as that power of the no because they understood the when that well, and put this as nicely as possible, the female hips need to be have the interior cut to where the V shape is better, and they just still have like almost a crotch shape thing to her interior hips to a T crotch almost, but the hips are spread wide on yep. the new belay for some reason. And it's uh, like they need to squeeze these ones together. It's just, I don't know, there's a lot of jokes we made right there, but I'm not gonna make them. <laughs> Yeah, so when I got the Vintage Collection Leia, I'm like, if I can make this one look as good as the other, I can get rid of the one because I, I don't need to have duplicates of main characters and as long as I have the best version. And I'm like, that Vintage Collection 1 uh, might be the most poseable version. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily the best, especially if you wanted to have, you know, recreate that scene of her running. That figure is superior to it. Uh, so she is my number nine. My number eight, I just closed him up here for the jackass, would be Mr. Moss Ameda. Um, I was always fascinated with him in episode one over who he was and why he's that him and Slime War. I was very, their confidants that are very close to Palpatine. So they obviously can either know what he is or close to know what he is. And I always was very, uh, very unreal. Why is this huge horn dude like? Because that was something that was always in the ODU that George broke rank with, and only did they continue to keep that in the new EU, even though George just didn't care either way. It was in the old EU, Palpatine was very human preferred. He didn't like aliens around him. He preferred humans, kind of racist like that. George didn't do that. He kept Masameda with Sly Moore around him to an Umbaran, and a you can't remember what Masameda is, but this would be also, this contradicted much of what uh, the old E writers had done, which I was kind of glad, not because I think uh, Paul Bettine is some nice guy and everything that loves diversity, but because uh, it showed that Palpatine doesn't care. He wants people in power that he can manipulate and things like that. So, yeah, you know, I always liked it. And I liked his design too. The big, huge two horns, and he's got that, like the two tendrils in the front. We're in a robe though, so he is kind of boring, but he's a good ambassador figure. We don't get a lot of those. All right. So, my number eight, uh, a great companion to 
the Besman Escape Land uh, Leia is the Besman Escape Lando. Ah. Uh, again, pre-posed, kind of, kind of in the running position, two-handed, mm-hmm. holding the Stormtrooper blaster. Um, now, this is one where I think you you could make the Vintage Collection one and pose him running as good as this one. Yeah. However, we're talking about not the best figure ever. We're talking about specifically power of the jedi and he has a great cloth cape and not only that it's patterned on the inside so it's obviously two layers uh that is one thing that really sets the bar high i think on that figure is it's got amazing soft goods Mm -hmm. that is my number eight excellent choice so my number where am I here? Seven would be the big fake out of episode one when Sabe dressed up as Princess or as uh, Queen Amidala with the big huge frock headdress that was all black with the with the white face paint and two dots on each cheek, one dot in each cheek, where it's Sabe in disguise instead of the actual queen. Uh Think the detail on that was really nice. You'll notice a couple of my pictures will be Queen Amidala, just because all the detail in the sculpt. Um, I always liked that outfit. I kind of wish they... It looks like, kind of like a fish scale outfit that she's wearing, but I don't know. I always like the headdress, and I like the ruffles. For five and seven POA figures, the sculpts are really good. And I'm, this is, by the way... You five POA enthusiasts, this is the only time you're going to hear me give some ground on this. I think in this particular situation, at the time, the sculpts were excellent for the five POA, seven POA. You know, well, not only that, but those outfits—they're all a bit salt shakery anyway. Yeah, they all are. Not, not a lot you can really do with them. So, seven. That was number seven, six. Yeah. So my number seven would be, and we've. This was the first of only two releases we have for this guy, and I think he definitely needs to come back for the Vintage Collection, and that is the unsung hero of the Battle of Yavin. And that is X-Wing Pilot. That's right. Uh, All right. He is almost almost my number one, but he didn't make... But then I saw some others and had to drop him down. Yeah. um, I'm... (laughs) I really wish I'd picked him up when they put him in a multi-pack. Uh, Toy, Toys R Us, in its dying days, um, had a couple uh, battle packs of, I think I think it was like five figures of X-Wing pilots and astromechs called uh, Battle, battle for Yavin. I think there was two packs they might have done. Um, and one of them had a new articulated Porkins in it. Oh. I did not get that set, and unfortunately, all those pilots now uh, can be twenty dollars on the low end. Porkins, I think, like sixty mm. uh, to get them loose. <laughs> Which the new Porkins, the the funny thing is, is the face sculpt on it looks a little bit more like Steve Sansweet huh. than uh, the actor that played Porkins. But um, yeah, mm. so he is definitely due for a re- release. Uh, you know, he's a five POA figure. I never tried to put him in an X-Wing pilot he, or uh, in an X-Wing cockpit. 
I, I don't know how easy that will be, but um, yeah, just like the fact that we, again, to continue what Power of the Force 2 started was we were getting characters we never got before. So that was exciting. Hmm. I, and he uh, does have a removable helmet. True. And to hook it back into Star Wars, or now something to uh, Indiana Jones, he's in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Really? Yeah, he's one of the government guys. He goes, Who where's the Ark? His top men have it. He's one of those two guys that meet up with Marcus Oh, Denny. yeah. Yeah. All right. So for mine number six, staying with the Queen's theme, was also your honorable mention, Padme Alamadala and the Thieve Invasion in her red dress with the glowing globes and what we saw all the production, all, all the uh, marketing artwork with those two, her all red dress. It is very elegant and very, very underserved being a five POA figure that doesn't have cloth goods. Like even that recent uh, traveling queen figure we got a couple years ago that with uh, Anakin, in the finished collection as a soul shaker, give her cloth goods for the love of it, at least from the waist down so her legs can articulate. Um, but if you're just doing queen, the queen standing there as the queen and all the production art, she is the one. So absolutely. I agree with you there. She, she deserved to be on the list. So my number six is, uh, as you know, I'm a droid guy and, had to have at least one droid on this list, and that yeah. is R4M9, which uh, I will refer to as the tall-headed oh. astromech. On the white with, yep. Yes, the white with gray stripes. And, uh, you know, it was just another astromech, so they were reusing a sculpt and just putting a different dome on it. However, we had not gotten that style of astromech before. And I think the paint job was a very distinctive paint job, and it was from that scene on the Tanaviv. Yep. So um, it kind of a character, somewhat character specific. Uh, <laughs> you want to hear some stuff? For the longest time, I thought he was a rebel uh, R two unit. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I read, I got the Star Wars trading card game, and like in the trading card game, it says. He was used to try to pull the databanks from the Tano 4 to look for the pet. I was like, oh, wait, he's an Imperial droid? What the heck? Yeah, so that is my number six. Nice. So I had a tie for number five. It came between two ladies. It was either the Bounty Hunter, that was a preview figure for Zam Wessel. If you remember the early version, and then the later version had the removable face. Or maybe that was later on. But she was in Power of the Jedi. And then later on, then it was the other one was Aura Singh. She was a blink and you miss her character, but everyone remembers that real crazy looking girl with the rifle up on the cliffs of Tatooine. Who is that? I always, I always had a fascination for Aura Singh. Liked her in the Clone Wars. Uh, I thought they did her dirty in that, in that, in that, uh, in the Clone Wars, I thought they did her dirty in uh, the solo movie when they said, you know, that, uh, what's his name? Killer was well, I didn't really kill her. It was really the impact of the fall off the cliff that killed her. I just, you know, showed her off. But yes, those are my number fives. Wazam Wessel and Aura Singh. All right. So my number five is 
I believe the only one on my list that was not in the traditional single card typical packaging and that was Boba Fett the 300th mm. figure which apparently is not actually the 300th figure but they called it the 300th figure and it came in its own little kind of window box and again this is one of those figures that is pre-posed and I generally do not like pre-posed figures and for some reason, I have three of them on this list that are oh, proposed. Wow. Um, but one thing it is difficult to do is to get a figure to hold a gun in both hands that looks right. And so it, he was preposed like he was on the uh, skiff when he aims his gun at Luke. Uh, he comes with a cloth cape, which this may have been the first time we got Boba Fett with a cloth case. Yeah, I think so. I th I'm not sure, but I think his rangefinder oh, yeah, it, it does move. Yes, it is articulated. Yeah. Yes, it is. So uh th this was their first like pull out all the stops Boba Fett. Um as far as you know the paint job, uh not necessarily the articulation, but the pose and the cloth goods and everything looked really really good and if you basically need a boba fett and you want him in that pose this is a great figure to do it with yeah he was deep bulk he's more slender this time mm -hmm. and uh oh remember his rocket came out and he could put in that shootable missile instead i don't know if that one you could yeah yeah you can he comes with it and uh no one did because it looked stupid because you have to make a missile more than three and a half to four inches long oh, okay. regulations so it's gigantic yeah. huh all right well yeah so and he even had the rocket firing uh so that is my number five my number four is a trooper because you know i have to have troopers and i hated this figure when it first came out and i really i was angry at it when it came out bought the one and i was like what do i even bother you're but over time, it started to grow on me. And even though it's a, it's like yours, it's my one few pre-posed figures. So I guess aside from that uh, that Luke that's in the back tank, is the Sand Trooper. Came with his gear. Came. It's the first time I think we ever got those binoculars. Because I don't think the Luke with those binoculars. Because remember, Luke's binoculars are different. Yes. His, yeah, they're different. Yeah, his are the top, his are like the big white binoculars, and he has. Of course, you know, your backpack and your blaster. And uh, did he have the color change or was that something else? Uh, no, I don't th I don't believe I think it. it was just Sandy, yeah. yeah. I, I hated the fact that his arms are so bent up. They're like bent up in a real high position so he could hold binoculars more. Like, it looked natural, but, like, when you try to put a gun in his hand, he's, like, just like he's drawing from the hip the entire time. And I was like, ah, so I just always made him the officer. But I don't think we got those binoculars again in any trooper. I don't, don't believe so. And I and I still have I still have that sand trooper. Um you know one, once again, the, the problem with the pre-posed stuff is they're only good a lot of times for that one scene or that one pose. Mm. But if you want a sand trooper looking through binoculars, 
you want that figure because that one just works really yep. well in that pre-pose. Um, so yeah, that that's not a bad pick. Yep. Yep. Amber Obama when uh, the Sand Trooper, the Vintage Collection Sand Trooper got reissued in the three and three quarter black series with that little droid. Uh, a certain eBay uh, when he was still on eBay, we had a bunch of them that uh didn't come with the droid, so he put a bunch of the binoculars in and says, like, holy crap. <laughs> so I started buying a bunch. All right, my number four is Jedi Master Plo Koon, uh, which this figure kind of had a uh, a rather beefy um, uh, Jedi robe, but I thought the face sculpt was amazing on this figure. I think the face sculpt still holds up, looks just as good, if not slightly better than some of the other Plo Koons they've they've done. And I thought, as a bonus, it was pretty cool that he came with a yellow lightsaber, which, in my fan film Jedi character, carries a yellow lightsaber, and Mm -hmm. uh, if I ever get around to doing a custom figure, he is going to end up with a yellow Plo Koon lightsaber. Of course, this was... uh, before it was established in the Clone Wars that he actually has a blue lightsaber. Well, I mean, yellow lightsabers did exist in the Clone Wars, so we know about the Temple Guards, but... Yep. Oh, that's an excellent choice, actually. All right. My number three. And I didn't think long and hard about this, because I almost didn't put him in, but he's a special edition character... Because and he was a cantina alien, and it wasn't the Duros, it was Ketwall, which is the guy that's made up of two people from the special edition. He they had took out the Wolfman for him, if I remember correctly. You can like take his legs, you can take his robe off and see like it's just a a dude with like extended legs to make it look like it's two people. You know, an yeah, it's leg. got like little short, stubby legs, things basically on stilts, yep. like robotic stilts, yep. which is. It's funny that they did that because there was no there's no reference of that nope. character from the waist down. And that's like something that they could have just made him a salt shaker. I, yeah. I'm really amazed that they took a character like that and said, we're going to go all out. The only thing I can think of is that Lucasfilm, that is what it looks like in the production art. Maybe even on screen because he's a CGI character. But since we never see it, and Hazard didn't know, they just made it what they assumed was going to be in the special edition. And this is well after special edition now. I think about it, so I don't know. Maybe he was on the shelf for a while and got released out. But he was my number three. Was Kitwall? All right, my number three, uh, and you mentioned her earlier, is Arsing. Mm. Uh, really, really cool looking character. Crazy lady with an antenna coming out of her head. And Did the power uh, have the antenna? Yeah. Power, really? I always thought I was missing it. I know it doesn't like on screen in like later versions. Well, I well, I don't know about the figure itself. I know she oh, has okay. an antenna coming out of her head. <laughs> I don't know if they they put it on the figure or not. But uh yeah, this was uh once again the first the first appearance we had of her in figure form. Um she's again kinda pre-posed i think like she has her arm out so she can hold her rifle Mm -hmm. um and for some reason i don't remember ever 
I remember having the figure. I don't know if I ever opened it for some reason. I just don't ever remember having her on display. Really weird. But uh, yeah, R. Singh, my number three. Nice. My number two is my only droid. And I know you're a droid guy, so you should appreciate it. I had this droid as a kid. He, you know, he was busted up pretty badly. No, it wasn't R2D2. It was a much better droid that actually saved, helped bring Luke back to life. It was the medical droid FX7 that I think got repackaged later in the vintage collection of the three pack, but it is nice and detailed. I love FX7. And well, why is he not on my list? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how. It, you know what? I'm. Leia and Lando are going together. <laughs> They're sharing a line because, you know, they share it for similar reasons. And uh, FX7 somehow got left off my list. But, yeah, um, still, I think to this day, he has more. He's su- more super articulated than any figure we've ever got. Yeah, I think so, too. He is like every arm was articulated and his little claw thing yeah. goes out. It, it's ever... a great figure and one that, quite honestly, if they ever want to put it on a vintage card, they don't really need to change no, anything. You give it a wash to show some like age on it or something. That's all you need done. Like, yeah, still, still holds up. Excellent figure. And yeah, not only that, but the Back to Tank Luke was designed uh, to accommodate that FX7 figure. Yes, it was. It comes a little, like a little for him to slide into. Yep. Yes, they did. Oh, yeah, I so that was a that was a great way that back then they were thinking about that. You know, trying to trying to accommodate. Oh, hey, you get all these figures, and they all kind of or figure and playset accessory, and they all kind of work together. Yeah, uh, that you you don't see a whole lot. And, and he was what your number two. We're at number, number two, right? Okay, so my number two, another figure that we never got before, hmm. and comes with a removable helmet. And I really think oh, he needs to be on the vintage better, collection. Better not be who I'm thinking of. Go ahead. Uh, it's probably who you're thinking of. And that is Boshek. Oh, yeah. Boshek, he's still uh, still a really good solid sculpt. Uh, and he's, he's, got, he's got his one arm kind of curved, so you can put his helmet under his arm. Yep. And the only version we have ever gotten of him yep. and well well overdue uh for a new one yes it is put him on a vintage production or a vintage collection card and i will buy it all yeah. day all day and because let me let you know he is my number one is bo i love bo i love this character i love his story in the uh eu and when tales of the cantina then he got his own comic it was glorious He's got the spaceman gear, which we don't have any other spacemen from the canteen except nope. him. He's so he's the only one of the few ones of the, of the four or five of them that are in there, and they all have this. They just reuse the mold over and over again. And give us all of them. He's basically got a, like a like a a version of the Bosk outfit, which is actually an old Doctor Who slash Space nineteen ninety nine outfit. Um, yeah, think think about it, Hasbro. You, you know how you love releasing Mando after Mando after Mando because you can just kind of retool and repaint them slightly. Yep. They'll give us give us a bow check and then uh, the put a different head on it and leave the helmet on, and, and you have at least two characters, two or three characters. At least two. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. There's a silver one. There's a the black bow check is a yellow one. 
which I think might wind up being boss. But they all have helmets. They're all there's like four or five spacemen yep. from the cantina. He gets in there. Uh, I was going to see my couple. I had two more honorable mentions I had forgot about until I was reading your list, and I do want. I don't want to pass up on. Um, well, well, let me do my number first. Oh, okay, go ahead. my number one because that's the last list, and that is however you say his name, Alors Maddox Doros. That was my that was my honorable mention was the Doros. And this, I believe, was the first fans' choice figure they ever. I think so. Yeah, released, and and for good reason. Uh, we never had him before. There was uh, two Doros in the cantina. Uh, pretty prominent in a lot of the the production photos and things like that. Um, and and once again, we they have yet to re-release him or the other Doros. Mm. Which for some reason when they released him in, in my in my head, I thought him and the other Doros were dressed alike, but they're actually not. No, uh, the one's, one like, in... one's like a manager yelling at the other one, like, "Hey, you're messed with the shit." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we really, really need this guy again. He would look awesome in the vintage collection. I keep going to say vintage production tonight for some reason. <laughs> uh, the vintage collection card. Um, yeah, definitely need him again. Um, I actually had gotten a second, uh, one and cut the, cut the hands off in the head. And I, uh, did a custom for nice. the, uh, for the other one who's dressed more like, uh, he's just more like typical uncle Owen slash Jedi, that kind of like, that kind yeah. of like tunic. Um, but yeah, definitely need him again. So, yeah, uh, why don't you go over some of your honorable mentions? So, other honorable mentions I had thought about was, uh, of course, re- the recently announced remake of him, Tessic. For the longest time, that was the only squid head we had for a long time. And he held up, too, by the way, all those yeah. years. Um, but, yeah, Alaris Manak, Tessic, and where was it? The, uh, the Imperial Officer. Right with uh, just a regular black jumpsuit, we've never gotten it again. And this one came in three variations, if you remember. Um, it came with large head brown hair, small head blonde hair, and small head brown hair. Really? Yeah. Okay. Is this the one where his his arms are made, where you can kind of have them behind his back? Yep. Yeah, he's all okay. black jumpsuit. He's not wearing an actual like regular imperial, not an officer outfit. It's just the yeah. I think they re-released him in, in the 30th anniversary collection one, too. And there, yeah, I think they did a couple times. They really yeah, they got a lot of use out of that that figure. Yep. I don't know why they just don't take one of the ATSC drivers, mold it in black, throw a cap on them. Now we have removable caps. Done. So we got to do. But yeah, Tessic and him, two of my honorable mentions. My number one is those giant lamb chop sideburns or pork chop sideburns. Bullshit. Yeah, so uh, the power of the Jedi, you know, we were starting to get a lot more of those uh, characters that we never got before. That was, Mm. you know, continue. I think with Power of the Force 2, a lot of the figures that we got before were a little bit more prominent. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so you have uh, Slave Leia, you have Tarkin, the Sand Trooper, 
the rebel fleet trooper they were all like pretty prominent mm. I, I mean tarkin and leia were main characters yep. but uh you had that and now with power of the jedi i think you were starting to get into more of the a little bit more secondary but still prominent characters secondary tertiary yep yeah Back people were, people remember the doros and yeah. uh Boshek again you know he had you know a very short period of screen time but i think everyone remembers the guy with the mutton chops and talking to Obi-Wan. Yep. yeah so uh yeah, Power of the Jedi was a pretty nice line. Like I yeah, said, they were they were kind of they were kind of like honing their skills. Yeah, as far much. as the action figures. What I noticed is the sculpting had went up significantly in, in skill. They weren't roided out figures anymore because we're five years, five to seven years beyond Power of the Force two, and they've slimmed down everyone to be more correctly proportionate. Yeah, because with uh, for example, like the best Ben Leia I mentioned. Um, I remember thinking, wow, she's really petite compared to the other figures. It was, well, because they were trying to be more accurate. Because you go back to even the original vintage Kenner, and Leia would have been pretty darn tall. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Compared to the other figures, she's almost the same height as them. Whereas this was the first time I can remember Leia actually being kind of tiny compared to some of the other ones. So, but yeah, so good, some good, definitely good figures. Uh, I almost, I almost threw Slave Leia from this line on there because she comes with a gun from the sail barge. But like, I didn't want to have too many of those, like I did with Luke Bacchus. I had to go oh, Slave the, Leia with gun. The they're like deluxe figures. Yeah, yeah. So I just had to go with. But since I had Epic Seven, I was like, I'm got, I got to do the back tank to make that all theme go because I love, I love that back tank. I love Epic Seven. He's a oh god, that was and yeah, the old vintage card of him was like out in space with no background. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. All right, well, that does it for our power of the Jedi top 10. Uh, next time we do figures, may or may not be a next episode, we will be doing the saga collection. Well, the first saga collection. Those of us in the industry call it Saga 1 for you layman's collectors out there. Okay, I think that just about does it. We spent half our time talking about like everything but Star Wars action figures. But that's just how we roll here. We talk about what we're interested in. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's figure related. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that does it for our show. Uh, like I said, if people want to contact us about the show or topics they want us to have on, um, that, you know, we don't have a email for Kessel run, but, uh, we do have a Kessel run collecting Facebook page. You can look us up there and you can follow us there. We don't do a whole lot with it. Uh, but it is a way to contact us. Also, if you want to contact us about the show, you can feel free to use my company email, EJB at holeinthegroundpro.com. And that is also the email, of course, for my business, Hole in the Ground Productions, where I make all sorts of diorama kits and prop kits. And we have well over a hundred different diorama kits you can get. Uh, so please visit there and give me your money because 
I need it to pay bills. Um, <laughs> also, uh, if you if you want to go to Hole in the Ground Productions, you have to go uh, to the website that is holeinthegroundpro.com. Uh, you can also uh, visit our Hole in the Ground Productions Facebook page, which I don't do a whole lot there. And I also have a Hole in the Ground Productions Instagram, and I don't do a whole lot there. But uh, you can follow me at those places. And also, please, uh, wherever you are subscribed to the show, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever, please go and leave a positive review and tell your friends because that is how the show is going to grow. And we'd love input from you guys. And it, it just helps to be able to get reviews and rankings and things like that. We also love huge, long emails telling us all our mistakes and where we can't remember stuff regarding yeah stuff. yeah yeah we we don't necessarily bring all our notes and yeah. do all our research so some of the stuff i go into the uh, file cabinet in my head which i i actually know a lot about the figures probably more than i should there's times where i'll be listening to another podcast and they'll be talking about a figure and i'm like they gotta look that up i could tell them five minutes worth of information on that stuff but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, sure, there's all sorts of important information I can put in my head, but instead it's full of <laughs> random crap about action figures. Uh, so where can people find you, Matt? Uh, I'm usually on, I'm not really on social media anymore, but you can find me at Rebel Scum. I use the handle Rezekai. Uh, sometimes I, you might find me on, fa- on some of the vintage Facebook groups uh, or one of the Star Wars EU groups. That's really where all only place I troll around anymore is Facebook because uh, I prefer the, the buying and selling groups there. And with that, we will bid everyone farewell and we'll talk to you on the next show. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>